so here we go. We're recording. We're ready. I mean, we're rolling. So, um, oh, we're we, rolling. All we right. are. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're good. We'll just uh, we'll just jump into it, Ed. You know, the way we do it, we'll play. Uh, uh, you know, we'll play little bits of the songs as we talk about them, but then Barry, it'll sound kind of crappy now, but Barry puts the actual songs in, you know, when he Yeah, that, right. So. It'll sound just like it's coming over your phone, which is, yeah, exactly. it's going to be coming over your phone. Yeah, but we are talking about Psycho Candy, right? Right. That's true. So, yeah, <laughs> there is, yeah, the, 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 the degradation no may not be, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's get into this and then we'll introduce you. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we're here again for you. Once again, we're here this <laughs> yeah, week. We're, our selfless we're, task. Yeah, our selfless. We're still doing this uh, separated, which uh, God knows how long this will yeah. go on, but it is what it is. And uh, um, But we have a guest tonight uh, that is coming in from his undisclosed location, so let's welcome... Mr. Ed Artigas to the show. Welcome, Ed. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Okay. Uh, am I pronouncing your name right, Ed Artigas? Artigas. Yes, I know. I've known I've known Ed probably like, what have I known you, like 25 years or something ridiculous like that? Something very close to that, yes. Yes. So, Ed, uh, would you? could I call you the president of SpyFi Records? Uh, uh, I I don't know. Um, I'm probably in ex- in exile. Oh, really? Oh. Spotify Records. Oh, okay, never mind. But uh, Ed, I know Ed from numerous bands. I it just off the top of my head, Ed, I was thinking you played in. I remember Bling Bling, Bling uh, Bling, Plane, Plane Lifter, Map of the Universe, Zira. Uh, yeah. And now, and you have a brand new project which you just shared with me. Is it called the uh, Canaries UK? Is that the name of it? Yes, sir. The Canaries UK. Very so, funny. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. No, no, one, uh, no one, neither you or the other guy are from the UK, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, we all know, no. you know. No. We had the Chameleons uh, and the Chameleons it's, it's UK. It's a fictitious two-game band about Gloucester Canaries. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Very, well, <laughs> that's a niche market right there. It is. But also, very appropriate for what we're talking about tonight, because what is the record that you brought to us, uh, Ed? That would be the illustrious, world-changing, Jesus and Mary Chain, Psycho Candy. All right. Yes, and world-changing. And, yeah, for you, I, you know, I was as I'm listening to this again and revisiting it, and I'm thinking about the bands you played in, this record really must have had, like, an effect on you, right, when it came out? <laughs> I, I, I was given the cassette in the summer of 1987, and it, it's all been downhill from there. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, okay. okay. How, old so, were you, how old were you in the summer of 87? I, I would have been just turning 18. There you go. Impressionable, the the age at which you know things have an impact on you. Uh, definitely, you know that that record was very formative for a lot of tastes. I mean, we'll get into it, but you know, oh yeah, it was. So that it actually came out in '85. So it came out in yeah. 1985, and right. yeah, just listening to it and then thinking about bands uh, and records that came out after it. And just and thinking what was around in the early '80s because this was the early '80s. There was a lot of the electronic music and a lot of the real produced stuff. Exactly. And yeah, and this record just came out, and uh, uh, 
I mean, it just didn't really sound like like anything else. Although, you know, you could definitely tell what their influences were, right? I mean, they love the Velvet Underground. Right. They love Suicide, but they also love like uh, a bubblegum. Yeah, yeah, the right. Yeah, sure. You can hear that. Uh, you can hear that Phil Spector thing going on. Yes. In there. Yeah. For sure, they, they went from the wall of sound to the wall of noise. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, see, that's that's the thing. It's it, it's noisy, but then it's funny. It, it's funny how things change because I remember when I first heard it, it was probably around the same time. You know, it came out '85, so you know, maybe a little. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. there wasn't a lot of radio playing that. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> but but it seemed but it seemed noisier then. Like now when I listen to it, it doesn't you know, because of stuff that's come out since, uh, you know, you hear it uh there's been some other so many other noisy bands that came after that right. it doesn't sound yeah. so noisy and and you realize just how just how great uh the songs are too. There's like really great songs on it and there's just a lot of great melodies which that's what kind of makes it if it was just if it was just the noise and the distorted guitars it, yeah it would be something but maybe it'd be more like the birthday party yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you, you, you hear through all the busted pipes you hear these melodies underneath and you hear these these melodic lines and yeah it, it's it's not just the noise but the thing was is that Seriously, they put the wall of noise in front of it, and you had to go. Wait, I hear the pop song behind. Me. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it's very much. It's very much. Uh, it's. It is actually very much a pop record. No matter what you, yeah. what, what the trappings are, it's still underneath it are very melodic uh, pop songs. And yeah, yeah, because they're simple, yeah. real, real simple songs, you know. But 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 just really great, really uh, well written, and it's one of those things where it it sounds simple and easy. But it's like, yeah, okay, you 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 write a record with all these great songs on it, you know. It's, so it's not as easy as it sounds. Well, also, uh, like you when you like you were saying, Rob, is that at the time there was nothing like that. There was absolutely nothing had hit the the radio or a major record label that sounded like that right and right. then and then you, you then you hear it on the lost in translation soundtrack all those years later and it's like warm fuzzy pop it's no longer abrasive right right right, right that's right. exactly right yeah. yeah yeah it definitely had a different feel when you heard it in 85 than it does now um you definitely notice the pop aspect a lot more than you do the the sort of noisy and um uh reverb soaked thing than uh um. um so ed so you were were you at this time in 87 were you already into like what kind of stuff were you listening to besides that well that's funny uh, i had been uh, i had gone to boarding school so i went to boarding school with a bunch of people from california so all the new wave stuff and i was familiar with you know all the Britpop that was coming out at the time and um right and and definitely you know was already a diehard new order fan right oh okay right and right. there's some serious new order joy division influence yeah joy division uh, totally that's another thing you love about jesus and america chain it was like okay we're gonna take like you said the velvet underground joy division the shangri-la's the Beach Boys, Jan right. and Dean, put yeah. them all together. You and know, and it, I gotta say, I did. And there's another one in there that 
We were listening to the record after dinner, and um, The Damned figures heavily as an influence, especially Dave Vanian's vocal style on uh, a couple of these songs as well. Okay, yeah, because that deep baritone voice, yeah. Which exactly. Is really different. Um, yeah, because usually for that kind of, for pop music and everything, you think of someone with a more hype, uh, you know, like a higher pitch voice or something like that. Yeah. So we should mention the mainly uh, the main uh, Jesus and Mary Chain are the brothers uh, Jim Reed and William Reed. Right. Uh, Scott, they were Scottish. They're a Scottish alternative band from East Kilbride, uh, and they formed in 1983. And um, and and it, it's funny because pretty pretty soon it didn't take them long to get noticed, and they kind of had uh, this bad boy image that they definitely played up oh, on. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, seriously. I remember yes. I was I was living in Boston in 85, 86 when they first hit and they were coming to play. And the thing on them was they said the most, they were built the most controversial bands since the Sex Pistols. <laughs> yada, they, yada, yada, sure, and, and sure, they sure, also yeah. put, But they also put at the, at the venues, they'd have signs that the, that the band is only going to play for 20 minutes to let people know <laughs> right. because that was their thing. Then they would play yeah. short sets. Right. And, uh, I guess like if they play a short set, people would end up throwing things and they, and the, uh, the papers, like the, the sun ran a story about them concentrating on the violence and the drugs. And that's yeah. where they got that whole sex pistols thing. But it, it was well, a that, And also they took some lessons from, um, from PIL as well, as far as the performance thing, because Leiden and PIL, love to fuck with the audience in that in that way as well turning oh, yeah, their backs yeah, to the they audience would turn their backs right and played like dark just with the backlit so you couldn't really see, see them. what the see the band yeah 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 did, uh, uh, did you ever see them Ed? jesus american i saw them in 93 for honey's dead oh okay nice nice and was or were you here were you here was that were you here then were you in south no, Florida? The, the crest theater in sacramento okay Oh, okay. I didn't even—I didn't realize you were in California that uh, that time. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I, I met you guys when I moved back down here. Uh-huh. I, I, I grew up here up until junior high. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, so that that explains a little. Well, um, I first I first <laughs> saw you, Ed, and I think it was when was Bling Bling? Two thousand would have been two thousand nine or something like that. Oh, you were around two thousand two, and I met you at the. Uh, Secret Machine show. Right, yeah, but it was later than that, though. It was later than 2002, because uh, the guys I was with, I didn't really know them until... But maybe it was that... Was it that long ago? Ooh. No, it was probably 2003, then. Okay, wow. Time is, time is marching on. 17 years ago. Yeah, Secret Machine. Yeah, you guys opened, and I was I was blown away. I had my camera, and I was taking pictures of you guys. Um, long exposure pictures. <laughs> yeah, they were really cool. I remember you sending me the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You always managed to be, to be in uh, some really cool projects, but this. So this. So uh, when you when you heard this tape, when you got the tape, did you immediately go out and buy a fuzz box or buy like an extra fuzz box or something? Well, or, I was playing bass at the time, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I within. You know, within a couple of years, I was playing the bass through a distortion. Uh, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Hol- get a hollow body so it feeds back really easily. 
I had uh, this whole custom cabinet. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. It, would, it would feed back and creak. It was a 215 that weighed <laughs> 4 million pounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, eventually eventually it sunk into the back. earth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so so basically the, uh, the, 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 the sparseness and the simpleness of it because basically the the drummer for the most part is two drums like I love the early live stuff of them it's just the true drum just yeah, the floor tom, the tom and a snare floor tom yeah. and a snare and the bass player for no, a long it's not a floor tom no it's not what is it it's a kick drum turned upside oh, down the kick drum that's a Maureen Tucker oh, okay. trick yeah that that's a Mo drum. Tucker trick turning yeah, the kick drum it, on its it, side it's straight up Mo Tucker reference and then but the thing he did have he had like a really like a 14 inch deep snare with that big crack sound yeah like uh, like a marching like a marching snare yeah, right? like a marching right. snare and, and then he said he did it because uh he wasn't that good of a drummer and, and figured it would be different and it's funny because the bass the bass that was Bobby Gillespie from Primal Scream right oh, okay right. and then and then Douglas Hart the bass player he only would have like two or three strings on the bass right right yeah there's some I saw some like early stuff of them and he's only got two strings on his bass but he said why well, put them on there if you're not going to use them right yeah exactly <laughs> you know I'm not not Jaco Pastorius we're not going to do any sort of wild <laughs> runs yeah so you, so you have these two guys doing all this minimalist stuff with just William filling up the wall right right and uh and it's funny because jim a lot of times jim i feel like he would have his guitar around his neck but maybe he'd have never it play it yeah to, I, I never saw him play it back a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, um i watched some live stuff and i never saw i kept waiting for him to it was sort of like oh when are they gonna the other right, guitar <laughs> This would be a good spot for him to come in, right? <laughs> hey, that's nope. Rob. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, "Oh, he's going to come in right," and I was like, "He didn't. No, he's not going to." Well, supposedly, which this uh, I think was true. A lot of their early uh, shows were fueled by a certain drug that was popular at the time, uh, speed. Yeah, cheap and you know available. Amphetamine. Yeah, so there's a lot of amphetamine going on around there. All right, so let's but let's get it. Good. The, they played slow. Yeah, 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 but right. you know, <laughs> you're right. Hawk, Hawkwind played a lot of slow songs too, but just because you're playing slow songs doesn't mean you didn't take some speed. So, um. well, they they definitely mix things up because there are some. I forgot uh, how many songs were because you, you think of that. You think because when you think of just like kind of you think of that slow, you know, plodding beat. But they actually, I forgot how many uh, up tempo things they had too. Songs they had. So let's uh, let's get into the record though. Let's start listening. Let's listen to the first track. Uh, starts with that familiar. Uh, what is that? That's from uh, "Be My Baby." That's yeah, I um, believe so. Yeah, "Be My Baby." Hal that's Blaine. right. That's the Hal Blaine drum. In, in, <laughs> that's right. Be my baby, uh, the Ronettes. But let's listen to "Just Like Honey."
it like the first you hear that at first and you just like your mind gets blown right yeah you're just like it, it's so spatial it's so big it's bigger than every anything you've ever heard wow right and it's still but it's still like so so pretty and so catchy too and um well, good and that you know i i feel you feel the innuendo in it but at the same time it's a pop song yes right oh well there's definitely so what so what do you guys make of this i mean basically uh it's 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 like an oral sex uh oral something sex along those lines a, yes kind of lingers yeah uh, exactly sure like that. Why not? Moving up, uh, moving up, and so alive in her honey dripping. Yeah, beehive. yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. so I think we all know what he's saying. Yes. Um, but then he throws. He's there's good no at actual throwing, no actual bees involved in this. He, um, he's good as throwing at throwing in because then he gets to the uh, the bridge and he goes, "Walking back to you is the hardest thing that I can do." So he's good about putting in these sort of relate. That's something that sounds just more like a relationship type song, you know. Right. Yeah. And something, so you're like skirting the line of something that's obviously sexual, yeah. Like he, uh, you know, about the plastic toy. I'll be your plastic toy, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but it, it, he's he's really good at that. Actually, the the lyrics are uh, are just so good on this record. Even as simple as they are, they're effective. They're really effective. Well, yeah, because I was curious yeah, about I was curious about really the critic. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. He, he he's really good about spinning things, like Rob says. You know, I said one one second you think you're going one way, and the, the next second you're going a different way. Yeah. And I was curious about the critical reception uh, of this record because um, I, I wasn't sure. And um, when you, go, it's one of those rare records where you run down the. Um, uh, the list, all music, five stars, Mojo, five stars, Pitchfork, 9.6 oh, out of it's 10. On, it's on Q. list of, of like yeah. the hundred best records ever. It, yeah. It's on a lot of those Yeah, because lists, when this came out, I was pretty seriously immersed in the American, <clears throat> pardon me, underground uh, music scene. And I didn't, right. I didn't pay that much attention to this. Um, it right. was scottish british whatever and we were sort of in a um you know a period where listening to mostly american music and right. um so this is really the first time i paid attention to it since whatever 1985 but um right. it's it was ex- massively uh popular and massively um re- reviewed in within uh with glowing reviews yeah, yeah. From the start, I pretty much was, and it's only grown in stature, I think, uh, Right, yes. Um, and it's got, it, it's funny, because it's only really on this song, but it's got those dreamy uh, female background vocals from uh, uh, Karen Parker at the end. Yeah. Yeah, those and are awesome. They're awesome. And also, another thing cool about this, it, it's an unusual song structure, because the chorus doesn't appear until the end of the song. Right. It's like, it's all build up. And then finally the end of the song, you finally get the chorus and that's it. The chorus just brings you out the whole yep. song. End of the song is just and, the chorus. You know, I, I'd also wondered whether, and this will be, you know, to fans of the band, this will be not new information, but whether they came up with that reverby sound, um, like in the studio when they went in to record and there's uh there's a lot of uh, demos they bought up. Their dad got laid off from his job and he, Gave them some money um, from his redundancy money, um, at three hundred pounds, and they bought a porta studio, uh, Tascam porta studio, like a small, you know, 
portable Port- multi-track, which was like the first one, right? It, it was a cassette four-track. Yeah, track, right, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, Nadim Khan our, had one, and he was he, I had borrowed it from him and recorded stuff with it. But they that sound is there already. They went for that's the sound they were going for. They didn't it go is, in the right. studio and just right. say, oh, what's that? Oh, it's a digital reverb. Well, let's see what that sounds like. No, they already had that sound in mind. Well, uh, yeah, I think Jim said that they felt like they already sounded, some of the songs sounded like the Ramones, that, so they wanted to make themselves different. Yeah. So they figured by putting that the reverb on it would make it different than the Ramones. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, which yeah. is brilliant. I was, was going to say that earlier, that you could have written them off when you guys were talking about uh, speed. You could have written them off as the Ramones meet Joy Division, but... <laughs> They play slow. Yeah, 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 right. Right, right that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Ramones' influence is, there's a lot of three-chord wonders on this record where you go, oh, it's... But you got to remember that Joey Ramone especially was listening to those same things, the Shangri-Las, and he was in... Yes. And, and, yes. and, and uh, Jan and Dean 100%. and Beach Boys and those things that have that sound. So... Exactly. It, they were feeding yeah. from the same, you know, they're getting from the same source material that, uh, right. For that, sure. that, that the Ramones were. All right. So now we get, second song, we get a, a little noisier and a little more driving. Uh, and uh, it's like you're driving a motor, almost sounds like you're driving a sonic motorbike. I so believe that's the point. The Living End. I'm going to say also right there, that's where I heard the damned, but I realized what I'm really hearing is um, first album Stooges, I think, is oh, also. Oh, yeah, and, and they were big Stooges fans, too. They were, and, I'm sh- and the damned were, too. Uh, exactly. So, fans. yeah. So there you go. Like you said, uh, dipping from the same, eating from the same trough. Yeah. I, I don't, For that sure. eating from the trough thing, it, it's a little weird when you say that. You go, you know, these people, you just sort of imagine these people like at a trough and you want to go. I, wanna, I need to find another analogy. Okay, right. we'll find another one. Right. <laughs> so, so that is what I mentioned about the busted pipes. Yeah. Busted oh, pipes. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. And I couldn't tell because I was just learning how to play, and I was like, man, how many distortion pedals are they turning on at the same time? Yeah. Right, because there's yeah. a lot of guitar tones like buried in there. And then yeah. there's some, you can tell some tracks just have feedback going on it, but it all just sort of, it it, it, it all sort of works. It makes this, you know, like you said, wall, there's this wall of noise yeah. that just kind of works. And then behind it are, is this the cool wall. The, the, the buzzsaw guitar. Yeah. But, uh, oh, man. And then, all right, now we get to the next one, which they're even more distorted, I think, on this next one. 
this Wait, and slower. I'm sorry. This one's a little slower. It is a little slower, but I think they're more distorted. Let's listen to uh, the aptly titled because I think there's some drug uh, more dr- drug references <laughs> yeah. in this one. Let's listen to Taste the Floor. So that puts this very much in the, it's very much pop music. You know, there's a, um, it's got the dyne, it's, besides the textures being, you know, somewhat off-putting, the actual construction of it is the construction of a, of, of, of a pop record. Yeah, my favorite line in it is the, and all the fish get down. Drown. Yeah, yeah all, all the, fish. the walls fall down and all the fish get drowned. Which is, yeah, but, sounds a yeah. little, sounds a, sounds a little druggy. It does, but it's funny. He always manages to bring in the uh, the little girl the relationship thing because then he goes, she sees, he brings the girl and she's singing to herself as she's singing in herself, and she walk right up to you as she walk all over you, mm. and and I I have a little something that I notice with a lot of these because they're so into the girl groups. Even though, no matter how cool they came across as the band, they were cool. The women in these songs uh, always end up with the upper hand, and I think that's kind of their homage to the girl group thing. Because the oh, women right. in these songs have the upper hand; right, you know? right, yeah. they're walking all over you. Yeah, um, yeah. And who, and who uh, knows? You know, once they got to be as popular as they were, I'm sure that uh, they had their uh, the women weren't walking all over them anymore. Think they were. No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, they weren't the most attractive. They're not the most attractive. Pale, pasty, Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll remember Train Spotting. You know, hey, that man, whole. I wish I had that hair. Oh yeah, God, that hair! Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that hair. Well, there's the goth. Te- I mean, they definitely looks-wise, the goth template is right. You know, they are they're par- partially responsible for just sort of creating that that look that. Uh, Ghostly oh, pale, yeah. Velvet Underground again. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's right, true. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> black, yeah, true. wearing all black. All wearing black. Sure. Yep. Um, so now we get a, a little softer sound, and this is more. I think more of the like the Beach Boys, Ramonesy influence showing up uh, in the melodies in this next one. Uh, let's listen to the hardest walk. I never Just for me, no. 
That's just like a pure pop song. You it know? sure is. Yeah, when you, you hear the Peel sessions and they tone things down or they do an acoustic version, you just realize, yeah, just what a beautiful song those things are and how, you know, John Hughes mu- movies were written for songs like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. And that's and that's like I said, at the end of the day, these guys are really good songwriters. And yeah, those those peel sessions are are really good. They they did two early on and they're both really good. Yeah. Sometimes uh, those just, sometimes those peel sessions actually you'll you might end up liking the recordings better than you do the actual well, album. Well, like like Ed says, they they definitely showcase the actual songs themselves more. Yeah. Right. Um one thing I wanted to point out in this one, which Barry, I don't know if you 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 noticed, but I gotta figure these guys also at some point heard Cheap Trick and were Cheap Trick Man. <laughs> and I feel like, do you notice at the end he's saying, "Don't don't want you to want me, oh, don't want you to need uh, me." He keeps saying, "Don't yeah. want you to want me, don't well, want you." Know, and I kept thinking, "I'm not of, sure they would. I'm not sure they would. Would they would cop to that?" But um, certainly, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think I, you could be right. But I love uh, live at Budokan. I don't care who you were. That got through to you. True. Oh, oh yeah. exactly. Same thing. That yeah. I think that that affected me like this record affected me hearing it and just like wow, what is that? Yeah, because that was my first time hearing Cheap Trick was live at Budokan. Yeah, yeah me too. Same yeah. thing. All right, cool. So let's uh, let's take a little break. What are we? Uh, what are we all? You know, Barry. You know what I'm drinking tonight. I took a trip to our to uh, Laser Wolf. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. And I got me some Laser Wolf to go. I got a freaking a, a wild. I saw sour the I saw apricot. your picture, the pictures, the Facebook pictures. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it was so nice to see those guys. I know, right? Uh, what are you What are you doing tonight, Ed? Oh, nothing. Probably gonna go play uh, some Call of Duty. No, afternoon. no, we do. We drink cock like during the show. We drink. You could drink water. You don't. I, you don't have to. I, I don't drink. I can only drink unsweet tea. So. Okay, okay, good. That's, well, good. that's fine. That's fine. Right. <laughs> and Barry's probably drinking grain, raw grain alcohol. Uh, I should be. I've and got today, you. Today's is uh, jasmine green. So we'll be back with more uh, Ed Artigas and more Jesus and Mary Chain. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, if it ain't the rock and roll animal, what you doing, bro? Standing on the corner. Oh, I can see that. What you got in your hand? Some people say that you can't, no no no, no matter how good you are, and some people say, they can't move, no no no, no matter where they are, gimme, gimme, gimme some good times, gimme, gimme, gimme some pain. No matter how ugly you are, you know to me it all looks the same. Rain from the morning and the blue clouds, now just shining up with dew. Riding through the city in their big cars, and me, I ain't got nothing to do. Gimme, gimme, gimme some good times, gimme, gimme, gimme some pain. Don't you know things always look ugly? To me they always look the same. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme some good times. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme some pain. Don't you know that most things look ugly? To me they always look the same. This bit of street wisdom is brought to you by Weekly Webcomic. Is this tomorrow? That's is this tomorrow at is this tomorrow.com. Is this tomorrow.com? Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme some good times. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme some pain. Don't you know that? 
met most and look ugly. To me, they always look the same. And we should hey, let's go ahead and start, and we'll talk about the some of the uh, yeah, that's right. the, the okay, well, people who have uh, gone uh, gone away. We're uh, we're back. This is that record got me high. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. We're here at our best Ed Artigas. Yes, we 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 lost like we had a a bunch of uh, a spate. Ah, spate. We got the great Dave Greenfield from the Stranglers. That's which right, we've keyboardist. Done two, yeah, two Stranglers episodes. That's on that right, Rekami Black and White and the Raven. Yeah, left us. Uh, Bill Reeflin. Reeflin, who was a drummer uh, for Ministry and also for REM in their later. Right, and he years. played with the Swans. Right, he played with a bunch he, of. Uh, he did. Cool bands. He, was, he he did. Yes. Uh, he had a, I guess, a battle with can't long battle with cancer. Yes, that's long. right. And just we just found out we lost uh, Florian Schneider one from Craftwork. Uh, that's right. of Craftwork. Yeah. And from last week's episode, um, Tom Waits, uh, Tom Waits' bass player. Uh, we, we talked about a bass player that Tom Waits lost last week, who's uh, Matt Sperry, our friend Matt Sperry. But his bass player Larry Taylor also uh, passed away in 2019. And Larry Taylor was an incredible bass player as well. Played played with Can Heat on all those classic Can Heat, you know. Uh, going up the country and uh, uh, um, oh, well, can't heat songs and Larry Taylor, Larry Taylor was an incredible bass player. So yeah. All right. Well, let's not make this the death podcast. Yeah, it's, this the, it's not hard to do the, these days. This is the life podcast. We there we go. Life. Uh, all right. So we're talking about Psycho Candy, and now we're at uh, we're at a song that really changes gears. You got because they replaced the harsh electrics with some dreamy acoustics to break things up. Uh, But still, um, man, it still hits hard. Let's listen to Cut Dead. Jim's heart, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it was the bartender cutting him off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Speed dealer's um, car broke down. Uh, this is great, though, right? Uh, don't you love it? The I know you love this, uh, Ed, the, uh, this, the shimmery 12-string acoustics, right? Well, you know what? What I also loved, and and I got vetoed in one song in Bling Bling, was the pa-pa-pas and the doo-doo-doos. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> right. those are, when when right. those are done right, they're they're great. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> although maybe you maybe Jim could pull it off. Maybe you, you couldn't pull it off. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know, some people liked them, and then some people didn't like them. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, 
Jim, uh, clearly he's not, he, he's a limited vocalist, but he's one of these guys, much like we were talking um, uh, Richard Butler uh, from right. uh, Psychedelic Birth, that, that knows how to use what he has and is very effective. Even he could be limited, but he's effective. Yeah, he's not, he's not pushing yeah. the envelope of his voice. He's not pushing at the edges to... Um, he knows his wheelhouse and he sticks in it. Yeah. Well, he he's very comfortable in his singing voice, but as far as pushing, we're gonna pretty soon we're gonna get to the, the songs where they start moaning and wailing. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Okay. That's true. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And actually, speaking <laughs> of that, here come the we had that little respite, but here come the fuzz boxes uh, in this next one. Um, so yeah, the the fuzz boxes are all put on, however many there are. Let's listen to in a whole multiple fuzz boxes. Some, that's some heaviness there. God, God spits on my soul. There's something dead inside my hole. That's also a very much a Ramones. You remember he said we, you know, we sounded like the Ramones. Well, you could definitely just slide sideways, slide all those sounds into uh, Johnny, Joey, Tommy, and Dee Dee, and that would be a Ramones song. You could do true, yeah, true, right there. You know, Ed. <laughs> Did we get you with a mouthful of tea? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, uh, okay. that, that's correct. I'm not sure if that one has some wailing at the end, but I know that it does. Uh, yeah, this is the one where he does. He does. He's at the end. He sort of does some screaming, but it's like it's more defiant than than anguished. And um, what what I was thinking in this song, and what I also really appreciate by him, a lot of this music, like a lot of the bands we listen to. It would be this, especially the up-tempo songs, really heavy and distorted. There would be someone like buried, screaming vocal, <laughs> yelling, shouting, screaming right, buried. Right. But it, like you said, Barry, it's the opposite. It's, it's someone right up on top of right. it all. It's, uh, very calm yeah. and reserved. And it's just, it's it's really cool. Yep. And it's, uh, a, lot think, e- uh, it's a lot It's a lot. less grating than it was in 1985 because I think we've been... We've had so many iterations of mu- musicians doing things like this that you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, it, they're doing yeah. that thing. But they were, you know, they were basically doing, there's a Velvet song um, off of White Light, White Heat called I Heard Her Call My Name, where Lou is singing and, you know, regular Lou voice and the band is playing in the background, but he's got this incredibly shrieking feeding back lead that's going in the song and it's kind of this is um, kind of where they 
are, are getting that idea, I think, is from that, that one little particular thing, which that particular song, Lester Bangs, actually listed as one, like one of the greatest guitar solos of all time because it's just so absolutely... Um, and it's um, um, heavily buzzed and just like this. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, was waiting, no, 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 no. I was waiting to see. I'm, I mean, I'll, I can take it. I, Any, we, we, no, we can be quiet as long as we want. Cause your profound analysis. I'll just, I'll just, uh, I can just cut those, those little, uh, those little bits out, and um, or we okay. can just, we can just so be quiet for a while. Speaking of the velvets and uh, the no- marrying the velvets noisiness with pop, this next song I feel like is the perfect example of that and this song i almost feel like it could be a velvet song yeah and and i also feel like they're using cindy they're they're, the taste of cindy Mm. i don't think there's a girl cindy though i think cindy's a Uh, metaphor for speed i I thought it was just just like honey part two well you know that's what i used to think uh but listen to listen to the song but listen to the lyrics after let's listen to a little bit of it and then let's break it down a little and that's i used to think that but i think it's more speed but let's listen to taste of cindy I just for me, I, I just feel like it's a uh, amphetamine. Uh, and amphetamine I, I just had a one of my stunning revelations. <laughs> you know, laugh if you laugh if you want to. Um, there's a Brian Eno song off here on the Warm Jets called "Cindy Tells Me," and it has the girl group sound that. The, this record does too without the without the sh- the, sh- the, the shrieking but it has that I remember exa- yeah I remember uh, that I can I'm, see them definitely see them being uh, in, fans you know, of that for record. sure yeah. I, I think so yeah big time plus especially the fact the um, the sort of uh, robotic drum sounds and the um, very much like uh, um, I guess it was Cut Dead where I thought oh that that sounds just like a drum machine basically you know, right. he's imitating a, right. you know, inexpensive drum machine. But he was imitating Mo Tucker, the drum machine. 
Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now this yeah, next... Um, go ahead, Ed. Were you going to say something? No, no, I was just saying because... Yes, it's it, it's it's a mo-type beat, but it's more robotic, like you were saying. It was more; it seemed more programmed. Yeah, yeah well, honestly, it's also it's I, got it's got like a it's got like a gate on the snare, and so when you had those like '80s drum machines, they were making '80s drum machine sounds, and that's just kind of how it sounds. You know, it sounds like a you know one of those. Um, I don't, I don't even know what model, but it's I was like. We should also mention, I don't think we did, but I don't think there's symbols. I don't think there's any symbols. Not not a lot, no. Uh, if there are, yeah, they're buried. They're buried. There's a lot of, there's tambourine more than symbols. Right. Yeah. Because well, the symbols well, kind of yeah. fill the same space as all those shrieky guitars and those <laughs> re- super right. reverby. Like, symbols would just sort of make, would, would cover it, all that up. It would walk even more. Exactly. Right. Which, which which leads on to the bands after this. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, like, okay. Like, you know, like loop and stuff where everything turns into a wash and stuff like that. Yes, yes, <laughs> you're right. Um, all right, so they were on the label that this was released on is Blanco y Negro, but all that really was was a subsidiary of uh, Warner, Warner uh, WEA. Yeah, so they were actually on a big major label, yeah. but I think they kind of made it seem like they were – um, on you know more yep. of an indie type yeah, label, right? But yeah. props no, but to that, them. That's what Go I was ahead. saying. Kind of crazy. Well, because their demo was, I think, put out by Creation. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. And, and then you know, which is the label of all the shoegaze bands. Yes. <laughs> right, so I know. This, right. This, this was the proto shoegaze band. This no, was it. Uh, Hundred percent, it was. But uh, but what I was going to say was give them props because even though they're a major label band, the first single, this next song is the first single, is the no- one of the noisiest songs on the record, and it, ironically, it's their it was the first single they released. It's uh, still a great a great catchy song, but uh, definitely very noisy. Let's listen to uh, Never Understand. seconds of that and every sound engineer and every record company across the world goes true what you talking about willis yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> true exactly yeah it's yeah true. so you, you're not exactly sure how these things get released and how they get 
popularized um, because of that particular kind of things that resistance, you know, from ANR people are like, you know, I, right. I, I don't, or, what am I supposed to know, do with this? Maybe one of them got it. Maybe someone there got it, though. They got it and they said, no, this is going to be the, the, the kids are going to dig this and this is something different. You know? Kids are going to dig this. <laughs> kids are going to dig this new sound. <laughs> hey. And he's got, at at the end of this one, too, he's got that distorted, his vocal, which I used to think was a guitar, and now I realized, oh, no, it's his, his, at the end, he does this, and it sounds like a a guitar, (laughs) like you're scraping your uh, pick across the guitar, but I realized it's it's him, Uh, and that's kind of cool. Um, so now we get uh, a song that starts with the bass, and this this is one of the darker songs. And this one you can definitely hear the Joy Division. Yeah, big on this time. Next one here for yeah. sure, uh, and it's another pretty sure it's another drug song too. Uh, let's listen to <laughs> Inside. Well, me. that's where the drugs go. They go inside me. Inside. So not inside Rob. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know what's making this going on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, come in here. Come in here. Close the door. I need to talk to you for a minute. Uh, what's uh? What is this all about? Your head expanding. But definite Joy Division influence, and even in the way he's singing it, there yeah. I hear a little well, bit. Well, and of I realized Curtis. that the previous song where I was uh, 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 talking about the that drum machine sound. What I really was hearing was Martin Hannett's production, and the way the bass sounds and the way the drum sounds are yeah yes. they're from basically yes. a joy division or uh, or a new order record um right. that's that's the thing that's going on and then drum machines came out that basically imitated that sound so right right yeah and the other thing you you if everybody you gotta go listen to it again and listen to the end and listen to the living inside me wail and know that I stole that and owned that for many years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody. Okay. Yeah, sure. A, no, Nothing wrong with that. Up. That's <laughs> right. It's better than stealing stuff from you know shitty shitty bands. That's shitty. right. Um, <laughs> all right. So now we get see this next song. I consider. Um, I mean, I, like I mean, funny. I guess it's better than stealing stuff from shitty bands, but you know. I think so. Okay. Unless you make it well, like a. I mean, Axel stole his gig from Ethel Merman. Oh yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so this next one, this is the one I call "Just Like Honey" too, because it's pretty much the same exact opening as "Just Just Like Honey," uh, but it's still a great song. Let's listen to uh, "Sowing Seeds."
which I, I actually dig that song more than uh, just like honey. It's got some interesting. <laughs> There's some nice guitars. Uh, nice yeah, guitars and in I, there. I, yeah, and no, I, I realized really what they another thing they hijacked off um, the Velvets was the way that Lou had the guitars. He and Sterling's guitars is that they sounded um, brittle, and so they didn't they didn't try to make the, the guitars sound sweet. They sounded, they had this um, brittle sound that um, is just slightly, it's never going to be um, soothing. It's going to set you on edge a little bit, even right. if it's a very pretty song. And that's what's going on underneath all that is that, you know, uh, just kind of a brittle, a little bit fuck you. <laughs> it's a little bit of a fuck you guitar sound. But it gives it a structure for the wash, so it's like, it's like the the buoys in the water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if either of you noticed this, but in the, in the lyrics itself, he says, "And and and I should be on my phone. Yes, I should be on my phone. I'll go where that apple goes. I touch with an apple touch." Did these guys <laughs> think of the iPhone? Yeah. Yeah. And you say they were proto millennials as well, right? Sure. <laughs> that just blew me away when I yeah. The that. phone he was on, the phone he was on had a cord and it had a yeah. little and it had a may probably made him having a rotary dial. They were so in, maybe they were sowing seeds for the iPhone though. Right. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So now we get another. Sure, another they were. Great catchy song. I forgot. Ed, uh, as much as I remember loving this record when it came out, I hadn't listened to it in a while, and I forgot how many just like really great songs there were on it. And uh, this one, chock, chock full of hits, it, it really is. And let's listen to uh, "My Little Underground." <laughs> Misfits finding their place because he says, I'm going to run and find a place where I can hide somewhere that no one knows, some place no one goes. So uh, don't you look for me. I'll be where you can't see somewhere. I can't be found my little underground. It's easy to see that you're laughing at me. No guarantee. At least none I could see. So it's like they, they found their little underground, their little place in this band, you know, cause they, they look like kids that would have gotten picked on. In Scotland, yeah. But they're, you know? yeah, but I mean, I don't think, I think a lot of Scottish kids look like that. So oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not necessarily, I don't know. but still, I feel like maybe that's, the, that's what it's about. It, it what do you be, think? Sure. Ed? Am I just full of shit? Well, yeah. I mean, they were they were shy, and yes, uh, definitely like 
like that line earlier, and all the fish get drowned. That I, I always taken that for suffocating, and this is all also yeah, just an analogy of hey, you know, we finally found you know our place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something and, 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 very uh, appealing. And, and and after listening to all that feedback and all that distortion, you're you're like, wow, you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then. Um, um, the other thing is, is that's amazing is that, uh, is the runtime. This is 39 minutes. It's 14 songs. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's back Mostly, to that, uh, that whole right. long, yeah. you know, two-minute song thing. Right. They don't waste, yeah, they don't waste time getting to the point in the songs and the points. Uh, also, since time. the uh, audio fidelity is not a, a big deal, back then, the more records you crammed on a, an LP, the less audio fidelity there was because the grooves were closer and closer together. So for their right. record, they could be like, oh, let's put 10 more songs on there because it was, probably it was a, a feature, feature instead yeah. of a bug. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so this is the second single of the record Was this is this next one. Uh, uh, it's a pretty straight ahead, like uh, a bittersweet love song, I think. Uh, let's listen to You Trip Me Up. Oh yeah, you boys. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Uh, it, it's great though. And now, all right. So yeah, Ed, like you were saying, so many songs. They're, they're short songs, but now we get to the epic of the record because this the the song that's over four minutes, four minutes, the only song. And this is my favorite song on the record, actually, because this I feel like this song is like the dark, melancholy soul of this whole record. All right. This one here. And let's listen to a little bit of Something's Wrong.
Okay, let's just admit right off that there's a heavy debt to our friends New Order in that one. In fact, there's a New Order song that this is lines up with pretty um, note for note. I can't remember the name of it, but... Um, no, you got to name the song. You can't just say that. You got to name the song. Dude, I've had two-thirds thir- two of a <laughs> cup of vodka, and I'm... We'll, what about uh, you, Ed? Can you think of it? You're only drinking tea. What's, what's, I, 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 but I'm not the one that. that, that I, know, that, I know, I know, I know. Well, see, here's the thing: because I'm the, I'm, because I'm the say. editor, I'll just put the I'll put the new order song up underneath here, so I don't have to answer the question. All right, what are we well, saying, Ed? Here's the thing: is that if you take away all the distortion, yeah. Well, not all of it, but leave, just leave a little bit and get away. <laughs> just get, a smidge. Get away off the washes. That guitar line must have launched a thousand indie pop bands in the night. That's true. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, yeah. My question always is, who, who was like who who was first? You know, who who got there first? And if they if you think they got there first, the chances are somebody else was there before them, and you just haven't figured it out yet. There, uh, and nothing comes from nothing, and that's um, 100% yeah, but true. Just that, that, whole, that whole style of the melodic line, oh, yeah, yeah, the, sure, yeah, yeah. All right, so now we get to the final song on this record. Uh, and this William takes a turn at the mic, uh, William at Reed the end of side two, one. yeah, let the at brother the sing, all right, let the brother sing, yeah, and it's probably my least, this is my least favorite one because it's the most. It's it's the one that's the most like avant-garde post-punk least pop song on the record. Okay, it, uh, you know. So right. if the whole record was like this one, it would. I don't. It, it, well, it wouldn't just, be just wait till next next week. Our next week's album. You just led to perfect lead into <laughs> next week's record. I don't even hey, know. Man. I don't even sometimes know. Sometimes we got. Sometimes you just gotta let William get freaky. Uh, let's do it. All right. <laughs> right. That's what we're doing. Announce let's that bad boy. Let's let's, let's let William get freaky. There's some white noise guitar for you, right? There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've you've got the noise, but you just don't have like the the killer melody. True, true. Oh uh, yeah, right. right. And you have the straight up sounding. It's not, it not, it's not as atmospheric. And you have that straight up drum machine sound. Exactly. Yeah, right. True, right, true. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that for sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's all right. Throw like you said, you gotta let William get a little freaky. Throw him, throw him a bone at the end. Yeah, you gave uh, me a song of the record. <laughs> right, but still, a uh, man. What a what a what a groundbreaking, uh, amazing record. And and they followed up their next two records were great too. I think. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the next two records for sure. I'm 
I like I like a lot of stuff they've done, but I really like uh, the first three records. Well, is it? The, I, I, I'm I have not investigated the other albums. Is it true they backed off on the um, on the sort of it, harsh immediate, immediately? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah, immediately, right? So immediately. This was one and done. Yeah, one and done. Like but, but if you if you go to back to what I said, like '93, and you you listen to Honey's Dead, that is post shoegaze. So it's them being noisier again, but at the same time killing these pop songs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. right. Which is at the end of the day, that's the secret weapon so is that these guys were they still um, active? Are they were they still active in the uh, you know were they touring or playing? Or were they uh, still around? Yeah, they, they they play from time to time. The drummer from Ride was playing for, with them for a while. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they took a break, but they come back. You know, hey, brothers, maybe right now I, yeah. actually this year they were. Um, they were playing Darklands live. Ah, I would love to see that, man. That's that's, that's such a great album, too. And the show, they postponed one of the shows, um, and, uh, it was sold out. Oh. And so, so they moved it back, and it's still sold out, and everybody's ticket's still good. Um, and also, I think last year, or maybe the year before, they put out Barbara or Kisses was a book. Okay. Which is their story, and it, it, it and uh, they have on uh, on one of their pages they have the first chapter of the book, so you can read it. Oh, that's cool. All right. Okay. All right. So thank you, uh, thank you, Ed, for bringing Jesus. Uh, you know, a couple other people people got were mad. Like some other people Wanted said, "Oh, I want to do that." We said, "No, nope. Ed, Ed called it already." Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, you, 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 you have the good one. And they said they said they said some bad things about you that we won't repeat. Yeah, they said, but fuck him. Yeah, right. But yeah. we, me and Barry, uh, defended you as best we could. Him? You gonna let him do that record? You snoop, you lose, pal. That's right. Exactly. I called it. I called. That's true. Eighteen months ago, and I think you did. All right, so. Once, once more, Ed, the name of your new project is the Canaries UK, and I, uh, yeah, people can find, find it, it on SoundCloud, yeah. on SoundCloud slash SpyFi, S-P-Y hyphen F-I. Okay. That's it. All right. And thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, so, thank Barry, you very much, Ed. Do we know what's next week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can hear my songs that sound just like the Jesus Marriage that's channel. Great. That's great. <laughs> it's an homage. Yeah, yeah it's very similar. That's oh. fine. Nothing what do we got next that. week? Well, Rob, we have know. my very good friend from way back in the Orlando days, Tony Christie. He's brought us a No Wave album uh, called Press Color by a woman named Lizzie oh, Mercier. We are. Doing this. Okay. We are. And Tony is an engaging and very colorful character, and the record is uh, a new a No Wave classic. It's got one of the greatest versions of uh, the song Mission Impossible that you will ever hear. That the it most kick-ass. It? It's not all in French. No, no, she sings in English with the French accent, as I recall, in some of it. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's fun, and she was okay. uh, she was a really cool character. Um, and so uh, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be my a bottle of wine episode maybe <laughs> sure yeah yeah I'm very very much looking forward to it because I love okay. Tony Good. Tony's one of the OG Orlando you know like cool music guys have you ever heard of have you ever heard of that Ed what Lizzie Mercier Liz- Declo no 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 I was just wondering it when he said uh, English with a French accent it just reminded me of Stereo Lab. 
Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's um that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, it's different than Stereo Lab. It's different than Stereo Lab, but it's it's fun and it's um definitely okay. a, a no wave classic. But it's not oh, no wave you. in like the harsh way. It's a little more um just. Well, in I'm a, gonna be I'm gonna be listening to it this week, so we'll see. Indeed. But, uh, thanks again, thanks again, Ed, for thank coming you, on, Ed. and thank you all for listening. Another week. Um, we will see you guys next week. That is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. With that record got me high. We'll see you guys next week.